around a thousand planets and spreading out. Open the pod bay doors, Hal. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. Good afternoon and welcome to the Fantastic Forum. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell, and here's some genre-related news before we get to today's discussion. In the wake of the successful and profitable theatrical premiere of Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, Sony Pictures has announced that the opening date for Venom, Let There Be Carnage, has been moved up to October 1st. The sequel to the 2018 film Venom had originally been scheduled to open in October 2020, but was delayed until June 2021 due to concerns surrounding the COVID-19 pandemic. The movie was subsequently pushed back to late September and finally October 15th until being moved up. Some anniversaries this week as September 6th marked 25 years since the debut of Superman the Animated Series in 1996 and September 8th was 55 years since the NBC TV premiere of Gene Roddenberry's original Star Trek series. Paramount Plus featured a live streamed celebration of the anniversary that included panels and news of the current crop of Trek shows. Among those news items was the renewal for a third season of Star Trek Picard, this ahead of its second season premiere on Paramount Plus coming up in February of 2020. Lucy Barrett has been cast in the CW's Charmed to replace departing lead Madeline Mantock. A new, uh, I guess adding some color to the Charmed ones there. <clears throat> and some sad news this week as Michael K. Williams passed away on September 6th. The American actor was best known to genre audiences for his work on Assassin's Creed, Ghostbusters, the critically acclaimed Lovecraft Country, and The Incredible Hulk. You might not remember, but he was in there for like a second. <laughs> he was only 54. Today, we're talking about the latest movie from Marvel Studios that opened last weekend, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Joining me for this discussion are writer, artist, Ignorant Bliss podcaster, critic, Julian Lytle. We also have fan and collector and scientist, Chris Ma. Also, director and founder of the Awesome Con Short Film Festival, Joe Carabello, and film critic, founder of the Lakefront Film Festival, founder of the Black Reel Awards, Mr. Tim Gordon. Welcome to the show, everybody. All right. All right. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Well, thank you. So, 
today, of course, uh, talking about Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, uh, the latest movie from Marvel Studios that seems to be taking the world by storm. Uh, it, it had a theatrical opening uh, to <laughs> basically that slammed everything, and particularly in this new paradigm of COVID-19 in which we find ourselves. So I'm curious, before we get into the meat and potatoes of the show, and uh, got a lot of stuff to cover uh, from some of the pressers in advance of the opening of the movie. Uh, we have some quotes from producer Kevin Feige, from director Destin Daniel Cretton, and from star Simu Liu. But I'm curious, uh, before we get into all of that, what each one of you thought about the film. And uh, Joe, let's start with you, because, hey, this is kind of what you do, and so I'm That's curious true. as to what you thought uh, based on that. Well, uh, going into going into the film, uh, I wouldn't really say that this was a movie that I wanted to see. It, it seemed like one of those situations where um, it felt like, oh, we're just trying to reach you or your demographic. And me naturally, I guess, being like a creative rebel, I guess, I'm like, I'm not going to play towards that. I'll wait. But uh, uh, a co-worker of mine, um, a co-worker of mine is like, hey, let's go see it. And I like seeing things like the, the what's it called, the preview night? You know what mm, I mean? Yeah. When mm -hmm. there's like pretty much, you know, it's a, you see it before people get your opinions on spread on you. Mm -hmm. I watched it basically not knowing or not even really excited to see it. And I think that's the best thing because afterwards I was like, "Wow, that was that was fun, that was that was a good time." You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I went into it. And I was like, "I see all the beats you're hitting, you know. I see a little bit of the Fast and the Furious. I see a little bit of the the action. I see the Jackie Chan. And you know, I've I mean, I have people that worked on this film, and I went I went after, you know, when you go in, you're not really caring. Sometimes that's the moment where you're just like, I can just sit back and just give you the ice cream that you want." You know, <laughs> and I think for me, that's what was really important. I came in and I, I had a good time for what I was looking for. And and I can I can nitpick it. And that's why we have an hour. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you certainly will uh, get to that. Um, Tim, I'm going to go to you next, because uh, as a noted film critic, uh, I'm, I'm fascinated with what you thought. I mean, I actually read the uh, review on Film Gordon. Uh, no plug intended, but uh, you had mentioned during our conversation that uh, at least the review that was on the site was not necessarily your review, and so I'm just curious as to what you thought after seeing the movie. Well, first of all, uh, thank you for having me. Um, secondly, I hate you that you're making me go second. I wanted to go last, and I wanted to hear what everybody else had to say. <laughs> Um, you know, I, I feel, I, and, and you listeners and I have talked about this, I feel out of place on this show because, you know, all you guys are like, you know, super comic folk. You know, I'm a film critic, man. I watch what's on the screen, right? So I forget the, the gentleman's name who went before me, but he was basically saying how he went and saw a screening of it and, you know, um, and, and didn't have a lot going in or didn't know a lot going in. I, on the other hand, are the opposite, right? So I watch, you know, all these films in the MCU, and, you know, they all are stitched together like a quilt. So no matter what I think about the films, the, the greater purpose of them to me is that they're supposed to advance the narrative in whatever phase we're in, right? So right now it's phase four. 
So my initial thought is I didn't really know a lot about this character uh, since I had never had never read the comics. Um, and I didn't have high expectations going in. You know, Black Widow sort of disappointed me, and I knew the Eternals and Spider-Man are coming, and as well as Doctor Strange. So I'm like, this is going to be a story that's going to be kind of what I call a glue movie to kind of get us to the next episode in this in this uh, saga. And I was pleasantly surprised. I thought that uh, the film had a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of what I call Black Panther-esque uh, overviews as it related to the Asian culture. Um, I thought that the stars and the story were engaging. I thought the world that was created on screen was engaging. Um, I thought the story, which initially I didn't really understand where, where they were going with it, but by the time we got to the end and we got those end scenes, I was like, okay, this works perfectly. I see exactly what we're doing right now. So I would give the film like maybe a B to a B plus. I was much more, uh, you know, much more entertained than I thought I was with this film. Hmm. Okay. All right. Uh, Chris Ma, what about you? <laughs> well, I guess I'm the most familiar with both the um, subject matter and, and the expectation and even the setting of the movie. Um, I'm a longtime comics fan. I am very familiar with the original subject matter. Um, and to be honest, I wasn't um, expecting much because um, it, I don't know, you always have the worst expectation for something that is directed at you. And I was very happily uh, surprised that it was not just, uh, what, hello? Yes. You yeah. You're still here. Sorry, I've been, <laughs> been cutting out infrequently. Well, we can um, hear every word you're saying, Chris. All right. Mm -hmm. um, so basically, I um, the fact that the movie was actually shot, uh, well, set, I should say, in San Francisco, and the fact that I haven't been home for about two years, um, number one, hit up a really strong emotional point for me because that bus, the Stockton Tunnel, all of those things are kind of Chinese-American tropes. And the character comes from, you know, a very... Uh, dear place in my heart as my I'm very fond of um, Bronze Age Marvel era comic books and that's about as Bronze Age as you can get <laughs> mm -hmm. no and and I, I hear what a you're there that yeah. I can okay all right Sorry, you yeah I just cut out a little and I'm uh, sorry if I'm a, a little disjointed <laughs> it's okay we'll work with it all right now um, Julian I, 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 I'm going to ask you, um, well, all right, all right, before, we'll we'll let you take the anchor leg only because I think I know what you're going to say. Although I think that you and I think very similarly about this film. I, I enjoyed it, and like Chris Ma, uh, I am a fan of the original source material. Um, ordinarily with films like this, I look for how well or how poorly the original source material has been adapted and all that was out the window with Shang-Chi because uh, there was uh, this character was created in 1973 and it was at the height of the kung fu movie craze and there were a lot of stereotypes involved i mean setting aside the fact that maybe outside of native americans 
Asians have taken it on the chin in Hollywood uh, worse than anybody. And even, in fact, even with the Native Americans, the fact that you've got all these uh, Western pictures for so long, at least there was a representation. To this instant, I don't think that the great detective Charlie Chan has actually been played by an Asian actor. It's always Charles Lawton or something. And you look to the extent that Yellowface has been a thing. And even as recently as 1985, I was thinking about that Remo Williams, The Adventure Begins, where they shamefully had Joel Gray in Yellowface in that movie. And uh, so this represents an important film for the Asian uh, community, Asian American community in particular, because of the representation aspects. Um, But that notwithstanding, um, you know, you're running away from these stereotypes that existed with the original source material. And um, I thought that the filmmakers did an exceptional job of creating something new that they were able to present to the audience based on all of that and the challenges they had. Because the other side of it is, hey, quite frankly, there aren't a lot of uh, heroes that Marvel has that are Asian if they're trying to do an Asian hero. I mean, you know, you run out of characters really, really quick. And so uh, to be able to provide that representation uh, and still be true to the comic books was going to be especially challenging. So, uh, But I thought they did a, an exceptional job of, of what they did. If I could also add a, a little further nugget to that. Mm-hmm. Um, the Bear in mind, too, that although Shang-Chi is based loosely on Bruce Lee and all the other you know kung fu-oriented characters, he's supposed to be the son of Fu Manchu. And Fu Manchu was a an oriental you know uh, character from 1913 representing the Yellow Peril. So, you know, he he represented the, the whole s- s- context of Shang-Chi's origin is based on you know, on these pulpy, very, you know, anti-Asian characters. And so they literally had to reinvent the entire, you know, context of, of Shang-Chi's, you know, origin. So it's a, it's a fairly substantive voyage <laughs> to go from, from where he came from to this movie. Yeah, and that's, that's an excellent observation. Uh, so, Julian, um, what about you? Um, basically, I think a lot of people worked very hard and did a good job at what they did at making something I didn't care for at all. Um, it was a little bit too, too magical for me. Uh, it was a little bit long. I kind of wanted something more grounded. I think they could have reinterpreted the character in a different way, but... That's just for my taste. Overall, I don't, I can't say they're not successful because look at what the success it had. It's just not, it's not to my taste of what I, I want from a martial arts based hero film. So that's like really being really nice. I don't want to say it's, it's trash because it's not. And I do think a lot of people work really hard. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, Tim, you wanted to interject something? Yeah, yeah. See, see, and I love Julian, right? And Julian is my brother. <laughs> I, I, I hear a but, butt but coming here, on. <laughs> but here is what I think is, is, is why I said I'm a peculiar choice to be on here because if you guys are having a conversation, right, about this movie, 
we talking about the movie. This is the adaptation of what was initially in the comics. Not it's not gonna it's not a uh, it's not gonna a shot by shot, right? So they're not gonna take this stuff directly off the page. They're going. That's to not what I'm talking in. about, too. It's not what I'm okay. talking about. Because I'm saying every time we have these conversations, I'm like, dude, it's the movie. We're not reading the comic right I'm not now. Not talking about the comic. I'm just saying the way in which they inter- reinterpreted the comic, I would have picked different influences from different type of films. I mean, I still watch point, martial arts films every week. Hold that oh, thought yeah. just one second. You're listening to Fantastic Forum on WERA 96.7 FM and streaming via WERA.FM. We are your community radio station. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. I'm joined today by Julian Lytle and Tim Gordon and Chris Ma and Joe Carabeo, who was just getting ready to say something. Joe. So this is my, my impression pretty much on, you know, like, the, whatever, the Marvel, Disney, all those movies in general. Like, Disney, Disney's pop music. You know what I mean? And for, for me, pop music is trying to get those beats that everyone already knows. And it's a little bit different, but it's still the same love song. And that's always the same thing I had with a lot of the, not a problem, but the device that I always see with a lot of the, the MC movie, MCU movies is, you know, now you're going to have the train fight scene, or you can put it in a bus. Now it's going to be a scene where they're climbing on the wall or battling in a, in a bar. It's, you have these same beats where me as a, I guess as a filmmaker, as a director, like yeah, I'm almost, if I were to, if I were to like make the Disney folk happy in a way. It's like, I almost feel like I have to put these pieces that you know work. Does that make sense? So mm-hmm. it's sort of like, I know I know Disney and, and the world will like this. I'm getting paid to make this movie the best it is. Okay, people like Jackie Chan and people like the shirt gag. People like cars running through stuff. It's I almost feel like it's creative, but it's creative to a point where we can't alienate creative. You know, does that make sense? It's like, we gotta get the things that people know in which it's sort of a problem I had also with Black Panther. It's like we're hitting these beats already. So as a person that's like the devices, it doesn't even matter about the character, but like just visual things that I've seen before. But it's fine because now you get to do it with a, a five thousand million bazillion dollar budget behind it. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's I, I, and I think that's what makes it tough making these movies anyway. It's it's almost like you have Superman. It's like what can, what else so what can you're we do? Is you're basically just not a fan of Disney movies and the way they're formed, right? I mean the cinematography. cinematography and the style and the tropes. Well, the thing with the, for me, like I expect it to be that level of it's it's gonna look great, it's gonna have that gloss. Everything should be as it was, as, as it should be at at that level. Um, you know, like I'm looking at it as just like this is a great buffet, and I know I like steak, I know I like this, and it's just gonna be presented to me. But I I can't I can't go away from being like this is a buffet, not like a what what is the what is the fine art food <laughs> when you get like you get the small you get the small meal but you know it's like a thousand dollars and cost this but that's why fine I'm, entree the fine entree <laughs> you get the buffet of the good you get that las vegas buffet that's what these movies are to me yeah see i call that i call that the marvel formula but um i tell you what let's let's play the first of these clips that we have uh this one is uh destin daniel cretton and uh, he's talking about uh, the overall experience of, uh, of making the film. Uh, let's take a listen. announcement of this particular character. And there was something about this character that, that gripped me. And I, I felt like I, I had to take a meeting with, with Marvel and 
as soon as I was sat down with Jonathan Schwartz, our, our producer, and heard his thoughts on the character and the direction they were already wanting to take it, I just felt pretty aligned with that vision and it got me very excited to be a part of the process. I wanted to to create a character that my childhood self could be proud of. Um, I wanted to create a, a superhero that my two sons can look up to. Um, and I, I wanted to create a world of, of characters that I, I could relate to as an Asian American. My our, our co-writer Dave Callahan could relate to as a Chinese American. We wanted to fill this world with with characters that felt like our friends and our family, um, and watch them go through struggles and deal with their own inner conflict in a way that was uh, relatable to all of our journeys. And that was the 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 main focus of of what we we're after um in tackling this movie i hope when an audience sees this movie in a theater they will be transported to a, a, a fantastical place and taken on a fantastical journey um i i do hope that there is a level of healthy escapism that comes from stepping out of our our lives and sitting in a theater for two hours to experience something but uh, on top of that i i hope that an audience sees sees the underlying themes and and the emotional ride of these characters and and find something in that that they can relate to that they can take with them when they leave the theater that they can apply to you know the their own struggles and the their own pains that we're, we're all working through um and i i hope i hope you leave the theater feeling a little boost of joy a, a little boost of optimism and and like shang chi has taken his own the, his own pain and his own struggle and flipped it on its head and turned it into a strength. I, I hope I hope an audience uh, can can walk out of a theater doing doing a little of the same. Yeah, so um, I'm I'm always fascinated by what the filmmaker is attempting with something like this. And I appreciate having uh, director Daniel Destin, sorry, Destin Daniel Cretton. Uh, in, in, in explain at least a little bit about that. Now, m my only other criticism of this film is, because again, I liked it. I gave it a good review. I gave it three stars out of four. But here's the thing. I think there was such an effort made in the representation in terms of what the filmmakers were attempting, it almost comes off a little bit as pandering. Now, um, because... That's what I said. That's why I yeah. didn't want to see it at first. <laughs> I was like, I know, I know what you guys are trying to do. You're trying to get me to theater. Lucky for you, I had a friend <laughs> to go. My, I want to cut you off, and I want to say this: there's one thing if they're really trying to hit that Asian audience, right? Yeah. That I feel that's that wasn't represented at all that I see in all of great Asian or any any Asian cinema that they totally missed out on was food. They didn't show any hmm. awesome food in it. 
Hmm. There's never a great moment surrounding around food. I didn't see any awesome dumpling. I, you know, I didn't see this stuff that I'm oh, that's he had some juice. He had some juice. <laughs> he had some orange juice. That I tell it. you what, when I'm watching like when I'm watching like any anime or manga or even like Filipino f- movies I've seen or anything mm. like that, there's some good food in there, they man. Eat, they eat, he ain't, they eat not near one bit. Yeah, so there was a disconnect mm. with me there. <laughs> so I'm mm. like, there's just there's something there. I'm like, they, yeah, he drove cars, you know, but like. <laughs> That to me, that to me is almost like oh, well, see, I, you're trying to get the Fast and the Furious money in I there think, too. You know, what I, mean? <laughs> I think the the thing that um, maybe all of you guys. Up oh, okay. Now that time, that time you did, did cut out. Well, I mean, the, the movie <laughs> there we go. specifically. Okay. Well, the movie specifically aims or has a sort of a target at like Chinese Americans because um, I mean, there's there's a lot of stuff like. Well, that Aquafina says, you know, I speak ABC, which is American-born Chinese, and they're wearing jade, which is a Chinese-American thing. Um, you know, there's the they do a little bit of the food at breakfast when you know Shang Chi goes to visit Aquafina's family, and they're having dumplings and things. It's not like a, a food porn shot like you would get in some other things, but but like um, again, you know, the the movie is set in San Francisco. The one California bus goes through uh, the Stockton Tunnel, and the Stockton Tunnel is literally the gateway to Chinatown. So, you know, the the movie hits a whole bunch of home uh, uh, buttons for me as far as, you know, wanting to get at, um, you know, trying to touch at and pander to, uh, you know, a Chinese-American audience. And um, even though, you know, not everybody will recognize the, the sort of symbols and, and tropes, um, you know, the movie's also probably eventually going to be marketed. I mean, the next big audience for the movie is China. So, you know, I think they're going for a lot. Half the movie is like Chinese monsters, right? I mean, when they get to the to the mystical um, uh, sort of Kung Fu land, um, all those monsters are things that, you know, if you're Chinese, you've seen those. Mm-hmm. You know the five-tailed fox, the you know the 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 dragon dogs, all of the you know the dragons themselves. All of those things are you know if you see um, you know like like statues and whatnot, those are all part of uh, you know the culture that you see at restaurants or you know fancy buildings, etched out of gold. So um, so I I I guess. You know, maybe I'm seeing a different picture than what you guys are seeing, which is like the more popular aspects of uh, Asian uh, film culture. Mm. Well, and I appreciate that there is some authenticity behind what it is that the filmmakers are are showing. Uh, Part of my problem, and this goes straight to the pandering thing, because... In the comic, and and I have to, sorry Tim, I have to go to the original comic source material. this guy was the master of kung fu and his kung fu was so dope that he could actually fight super powered people and he could he could win in some cases i mean he, but he could certainly square up i mean shoot there was a comic with the uh, spider-man where uh, he was fight i mean spider-man okay and as as agile and strong as spider-man is you know and this guy was doing his thing you know so uh but they felt the the film yeah well there you go but the the filmmakers felt 
that they needed to up-power this guy. And I, I saw a, well, I read a an interview with uh, 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 Cretton where he basically said as much. Um, now, uh, why do I object to that? Because one of the most popular characters in the Marvel Universe is Captain America. Now, Captain America is basically a costumed athlete. You can make whatever you want out of the super soldier serum flowing through his veins and all that. But he doesn't have super strength. He doesn't have super speed. You know, I mean, he's he, he's like a hyped up regular guy. So if it's good enough for this blonde haired blue eyed white dude, then how did why did they feel like they had to give the Asian guy ten rings? I just feel like that was like, damn. Black Widow didn't even get no super soldier serum. Hawkeye don't even get super soldier serum. I'm just, hey, like I, I saw all those things that you're talking about, Christopher. I know this. I know the movie's not opening in China. I know that. I know it, that trailer did not do well in China because a lot of things that uh, Ulysses said. I read some of those translated, uh, whatever version is Twitter. It is over there. The different mini versions. I didn't know it's not going in China. Tell me why. Uh, <laughs> they still don't like us. They yeah. <laughs> we beef it. That's why. It could change, but for right now, from what I read, it ain't open in the mainland China. So mm. I don't. I don't know. Like I just wanted something a little bit more grounded. All that stuff at the end with the magical island and the dragons and everything like that. I was like, yo, I just, I just want to see him whoop some people. Dude, I didn't even know we were going to go there. I was like, holy crap, we're going to a new land? <laughs> you know, we're going to this new mystical land? Remember in like King Kong and Godzilla? I was like, oh, we went to this whole new land to get here. <laughs> it's, it just went to, it went to Iron Fist. It's like, okay, so yeah. that's what you want to do? I get it. You took the criticisms of Iron Fist and you applied it to this. That's actually probably pretty smart, but... <laughs> Yo, I, I just kind of wanted the Master of Kung Fu movie. And I never... Re- that's not what that movie is. And that's fine. It started out that way. He had 15 good minutes of Master of Kung Fu. Where? When he's on the bus. On the bus. Yeah, Razor Fist with the bus. <laughs> the best fight scenes are always on a bus or a subway, aren't they? Because then you can still be confined Yo, to that. It worked good at nobody, too, man. <laughs> <laughs> you always got to cut the bus in half. You gotta make sure half of the people get saved. Somebody <laughs> gotta go through the glass. Somebody gotta go through. Someone's gotta try to drive it right at the beginning. Did they? Little, did they stop the bus? Oh yeah, she stopped the bus. Yeah, little touch of speed in there. Yeah. Right. See, they got. See, that's what I'm saying. It's the buffet. Yeah. You took all the good, all the good flavors, right? Yeah. yeah. I'll say this though. Who Who is the actress of the the sidekick chick? Oh, so, Aquafina. Aquafina. Mm-hmm. Nora Lum. I had to call her about her, her, her real name. Her, her shoot name. Yeah. Her <laughs> <shoot> name. <laughs> that rap name ain't doing well in the streets right now. She she sold it for me, man. I was watching that movie for her. Like every single time, I was like, "There's a, there's a hint of Miley Cyrus in her voice." I was like, "Okay, I can watch this movie all the way because you're 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 grounding it for me at least. You know, you're you're getting that. I'm hate to say it, but that's the Chris Tucker. That's the whatever whatever he is in. in uh, what is? Oh, now oh, rush, uh, rush, rush hour. hour it's yeah. the rush hour. She's the rush hour. <laughs> the, well, she was she hilarious. Yeah, yeah. and that's of course him. she hits the. La- oh, the spoilers. No, 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 not no. You're fine. I mean, I, I should have given a warning. Yeah, there, there may be spoilers. Yeah, but yeah, like the moment, dude. For, this is just maybe this is me being a filmmaker. The moment I saw her, like, and where we're going, I was like, if we're gonna do this character right, she's getting one of the final blows, you know, or else she's worthless. 
right? Mm. Or she's worthless. Bow if she doesn't do something too. important at the end, she's yeah. worthless. Bow and arrow too. Yeah, yeah, that dude. Katniss yeah, energy. up like uh, she shot like a mile up in the air too. Right? <laughs> <laughs> she's super strong all of a sudden too, man. She got one of those rings. She got a leftover ring. <laughs> I did like the performance. Of, the performances, like beyond that, I really dig like all the actors that are in it because you know why? It's their time to shine. Take the take the moment to, to do something. Get your check. Eat. Oh, no, most definitely. Hey, look, but uh, that musical cue means it's time for us to take a short break because, of course, Fantastic Forum comes to you via WERA 96.7 FM in Arlington, Virginia. We're a community radio station. We're non-commercial. That means we rely on the ongoing generosity of our underwriters, our sponsors, and listeners like you for the totality of the operation of the radio station. Make it your business today to... Visit the website at WERA.FM or that of our parent organization, Arlington Independent Media at ArlingtonMedia.org. Find out how you can support this wonderful institution that is community media today. So look, we're going to step aside for a moment. While we acknowledge our underwriters and sponsors, we're also going to promote some of the other fine offerings of WERA that are coming up later this evening. But stick around because there's a lot more fantastic forum yet to come. And welcome back to the Fantastic Forum here on WERA 96.7 FM. We are Arlington. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. I'm joined today by Tim Gordon and Christopher Ma and Joe Carabello and Julian Lytle. We are talking about the latest movie from Marvel Studios. It is Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. It's making oogobs and oogobs of money. And uh, we, we, uh, we didn't exactly get bogged down in the first segment, but uh, I got a couple of more clips that I want to play. And uh, I am going to start uh, with this one from the star of the film, uh, Simu Liu. Let's take a listen. Being a full-fledged uh, MCU superhero is an absolute dream come true and I don't say that lightly um, I was you know reading comic books from when I was a little kid I was playing with action figures I was watching all the movies even the really obscure ones even the ones that you know if we're honest I probably shouldn't have seen because I was too young but I watched them all and um, and just became so obsessed with the idea of heroes with the idea of like making your own destiny and carving out your own path and, and achieving greatness. And um, I just think that, um, you know, what's so special about this movie, of course, is that it's it, it's the representation of that, but for a community that isn't used to seeing, you know, that kind of authentic representation and that aspirational representation. And, and you know, the wonderful thing is that we not only have one title Asian superhero in the MCU now, we have so many, I'm looking at the poster now, and we have so many badass you know, Asian and Asian-American heroes and heroines that audiences will be able to look up to and that each represent a small piece of that spectrum that makes up the Asian or Asian-American experience. And, and it's truly such a rich and diverse movie, and I, and I can't wait for people to see it. There's definitely a responsibility when it comes to taking on a role like Shang-Chi. 
I think we're dealing with subject matter that comes from the 70s that is, you know, maybe parts of it are not the most suited to, to be modernized into 2021. So it was really critical that we, you know, take the, the core elements of the character that we think are the most important, but then to craft a new and fresh origin story that audiences have never seen before that really is progressive and, and makes sense in the modern day. And, and I think we've done that. We have such an incredible filmmaking team, including but not limited to, you know, Destin Daniel Cretton, our amazing director, and Dave Callahan, our, our screenwriter, both of whom are Asian American. And so they were really able to write to the Asian American experience when it comes to a, a, a character like Sean. Um, um, you know, I, I was really just struck by how, you know, authentically the script spoke to my own lived experience. And, and you can see little Easter eggs of that sprinkled throughout the movie, like, you know, the way that Sean takes off his shoes before he, you know, visits Katie's house. And, and also the way that, um, you know, um, that language is used, you know, that, that you know, man Mandarin and English are seamlessly woven together in these households. Um, just really, really incredible. And, um, you know, the responsibility to get those things right is, is so critical. Yeah, so they got a lot of stuff right. I was, I was particularly impressed, though, with this young man as the lead. Uh, I thought that his physicality, uh, the fact that he has a stunt background, um, you know, in some of the stuff that I was uh, looking at, he was a little disparaging of his own performance. Apparently, this was uh, his first big picture, and he was working with some absolute greats <laughs> in this thing. I mean, uh, yeah, Joe? Uh, I just also wanted to shout out, I mean, Julian was talking about how much he appreciated all the hard work that went into making this movie, and you were, you were saying just the same, but also, I wanted to bring it locally that we also had a, a local filmmaker and stunt choreographer named Joseph Lee that was part of the team, was one of the ah. action designers. You can see he's credited directly after the cast, first action designer. He's he's here, he's made movies, he even showed his movies at the Awesome Con Short Film Festival, and he was a DC, DC native, DC DMV native. He made movies all around here, and he was part of this team, the action that you saw up there. So we're, we're sort of in, you know, that's part of our world, I guess, as, as well. He yeah, comes he's nice. From here. I mean, he's, nah, yeah, he's nice with it. Yeah, he's nice. <laughs> by his core. So I was actually kind of mad with some of the angles. They was, they was zooming in a little bit too much to try to get some type of effects. I was like, nah, just let his work just rock. Like, yeah. just pull back. Just just let it go. Because mm -hmm. they was doing I was like, oh, oh, yeah, there you go. There you go. There you go. <laughs> See, then, then yeah. they go to some other stuff, and then they, uh, then they go to the magical islands, and it's like, I just want my hands. You want the hand, you want the hand to hand. Yeah, but shout out to Joseph Lee. Good job, mm -hmm. sir. Yeah, no, and I appreciate you sharing that. Hey, uh, Tim, uh, let me ask you something, because Julian had mentioned uh, a short time ago that uh, he's doubtful that this film is going to open in the Chinese market, which is a huge, huge market. And I think Marvel really bent over backwards uh, in an effort to try and create something that wasn't going to piss the Chinese off. What do you think the likelihood of this thing opening in the Chinese market is? And what do you think the impact is going to be for uh, it, well, for this film in particular, if it doesn't open in the Chinese market? Well, if it doesn't open in the Chinese market, it's going to actually decimate Marvel in a way because you know that that market has been responsible you know for all of these films they I, I, I don't know offhand but I know they've had I don't know several I'll use that phrase probably more than 10 of these films have been billion dollar 
uh, films, and that's largely due to that market. Um, so if this film doesn't open here, this the, you, to, to your point, um, Ulysses, they have bent over backwards to try to placate that government as much as they could in order to get this film in front of the eyes of those those citizens. And if they can't get it there, the film is still going to make a, a, a decent amount of money. But I think that market, if that film is received well, will be what puts it over the, the billion dollar spot. And if they can't get that market, uh, that's gonna that's probably gonna cut that that gross probably about a third in my estimation. Mm, I'd like mm. to see that list, the list of well, you know, you, there's always that list of well, why it's not gonna be accepted, Check out right? Exactly why? Um, I hello. Yeah. What what yeah, was the point you're um, gonna make, Chris? I just took, you know, all I was gonna say was I took a moment to look up what exactly uh, the reason is behind this, and apparently the root of why Shang-Chi won't be released is, or at least isn't being released immediately, is because Simu Liu made comments in 2017 disparaging China. Now, I mean, the truth is that there's enough money involved. I think, you know, people are going to overlook uh, stuff like that. I know the Chinese can be fairly dictatorial, but, um, you know, if there's money to be made and there are Chinese officials that stand to benefit, and the film isn't particularly offensive to to the Chinese government, as far as I can tell, or that I've seen. Um, I mean, and, and the the analysis is correct. Marvel won't make as much money, but the but Chang Chi is still you know a fairly profitable film, uh, both domestic and internationally. I mean, a lot of the tropes in Chang Chi apply just as much to other aspects of Asian culture um, as you know as China. So. As you know, and then of course, America, Asian Americans uh, resonate well with the film as well. So, um, you know, I I I think that time may yet prevail, and uh, we'll still see you know Shang Chi um, being uh, good to Marvel in the long run. Um, you know, and and when you know, and then of course, there's the whole. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's the whole. Uh, which Simu Liu alludes to briefly. Yeah. Mm. Well, I'm sorry. You, you cut out there for a second. You said there's the whole, uh, the whole so, what? Mm. Uh, representation issue. Ah. Uh, you know, I mean, the the thing that that um, to me that I noticed, you know, right away, and that you notice, you know, throughout the entire movie is that there is no token, you know, white character to, you know, to to lessen the film's impact. Uh, for the audience, you know, I mean, usually when you have like a Chinese dominant cast, there's like some funny blonde white girl or something that you know that the side that's a sidekick or or someone that sort of makes the movie more Hollywood friendly. And this movie is entirely, uh, you know, a Chinese cast <clears throat> or you know a Chinese Western cast. Um, you know, everything from Shang Chi to Aquafina. You know, everybody. You know, and and I I, I don't. I think I've checked every single one of them, but you know they're not just like a, a hodgepodge of Asian character of Asian actors. They're mostly Chinese. You know, Aquafina is half Chinese. I think she's fifty uh, percent Korean. So representation and seeing people like me on screen uh, really means a lot. So the movie, you know, heads up. Like I said, there's a lot of personal uh, sort of uh, notes that the film hits when I watch it, and um, you know I think to me that's 
almost more important than how much money it makes in China. Mm-hmm. Well, and I'm, I'm actually glad you brought that up, because one of the things that I had wanted to uh, hit here, because um, uh, we're, we're practically out of time, and in fact, it's actually time for me to remind everybody that you're watching, listen to me, you're watching, <laughs> you're listening to Fantastic Forum <laughs> on WERA 96.7 FM, and streaming via WERA.FM. Radio Arlington. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. I'm joined today by Joe Carabello and Julian Lytle and Tim Gordon and Christopher Ma. We are talking about Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. So um, I want to play another clip, and uh, this is also Destin Daniel Cretton. And in this particular clip, he is talking about uh, some of the incredible performers that he worked with, uh, all legends. Let's take a listen. Working with with stars like Tony Leung and and Michelle Yeoh was uh, it, it was very intimidating for me until I met them. Um, I I had worked them up in my head to be you know on a very high pedestal, and what what i found which was surprising was they actually surpassed the the pedestal that i had put them on um not only in their work ethic not only in their talent and their ability to sink into a performance in a way that just blew all of us away on set um but they also surpassed that legend status in my head because they were so grounded and so kind, um, so so gentle and respectful to everybody around them, and so full of joy and excitement for the work. They they were a huge reason why we had such a fun and exciting time on set because these people that we looked up to since since we were young were were telling us that it it's okay to have fun it's okay to explore it's okay to to have a good time on set because that's that's what we're 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 all trying to tap into and it it was um it was really such a such a joy to be able to to explore this story alongside them well, now, and this actually brings me to uh, to another point that I was making, and it goes back to the pandering thing that I was talking about. And certainly, these are some of the greatest performers in Asian cinema. Uh, you know, certainly, you know, some of them. I mean, some of them are familiar to Western audiences. Some of them aren't. But their presence in the film, you got to believe. I mean, in addition to you, always want the best people you can get. But you know, this is another nod to. The Chinese market, you know, where it's like, "Hey, look who we've got in this! Don't you want to see this?" Yeah, I mean, mm. that's almost that's almost like the rule of filmmaking in general. You get a star, so you draw in that audience, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, and and I, for one, I mean, because I wasn't familiar with uh, Tony Lung, uh, but uh, you know, oh man, you missing out. Uh, that's what I'm saying. When I started digging a little bit, I'm like, "Oh, this guy is like completely legit." I mean, in fact, now, and and I want to ask you guys because the the film and and Chris, you were saying something about this earlier in terms of the fact that uh, the nefarious Fu Manchu is uh, Shang Chi's father in the comic books. Uh, but so they opted not out. anymore. 
But. Well, yeah, I know they've 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 you know <laughs> they've changed all of that. I mean, and and when the comics do it, it's a little bit different than these things done for the uh, adaptation. I like how you're like, no, no, the 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 real canon is in the comics. <laughs> <laughs> we can't do that. Another medium has to stick to that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's it's funny. I mean, as an aside, and I gotta remember to come back to the point that I was making. But um, when Iron Man came out back in 2008. There was uh, my cousin up in Jersey. Uh, well, he was living in Jersey now. He doesn't anymore. But uh, he, he was all upset because he was like, wait, Tony Stark was injured in Vietnam. What's this Afghanistan thing? And I had to explain to him that the comics had changed that. And, you know, trying to keep in step because, of course, U.S. hadn't been fighting in Southeast Asia for like 30 years. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that just wasn't current anymore. And so in, in an effort to keep current the comic books changed oh now tony stark was injured in afghanistan i almost feel mm. like things have to like i feel like the market is what uh whatever seventh grade to senior year that's the years <laughs> in which people can that's like okay once they graduate then we can change it again whatever that's mm. the six years right so mm -hmm. like every six years like i almost feel like you have that right because you have that new audience that you have to reimagine for yeah and yes that's the audience is the seventh the <laughs> 12, you know <laughs> Yeah. At least for Disney, I guess. No, 12 I hear to 18. 12 to 18, yeah. Mm, yeah. Well, but where I was going with this uh, is that uh, this guy is, uh, you know, one of the greatest actors of his generation over there. And no, his presence in, in this... In the world. In the world. <laughs> Thank you. All right, yeah. But um, the fact that... And he's not playing a villain exactly. In fact, there isn't really a villain in this movie i mean unless you count that dragon thing at the end and and i feel like the movie sort of suffers for that but you know all and that's another bit of the pandering for me it's like oh well this guy and i call them super friends villains because if you remember the original super friends from back in 1973 all the villains because the pta had gotten involved and you couldn't even throw a punch on saturday mornings anymore but uh, and all the villains really wanted to help humanity but the thing just went wrong and and that was kind of i mean the guy just wanted to get his family back together he loved his wife you know and he was trying to bring his family back together and I, even though i thought he just know. wanted to get his wife back he was using his that's how i saw it details <laughs> details huh? I mean, a lot of the storytelling in modern comic books and movies has shifted over to the narrative of you know the villain is always the hero of his own story and in this case even though he's the antagonist i mean he's he's still razor fist's boss so, you know, I mean, uh, and and yet, you know, he still has a noble ultimate, you know, objective. So, you know, I, I think there's a there's a little you can be a little bit of both, um, you know, and still be kind of this pseudo progressive Fu Manchu, you know, stand in um, and and yet be, you know, some, you know, a character that breaks the original trope in half. So, you know, I think I think there's some truth to to both sides. Mm -hmm. No, I hear you. I hear you. Hey, uh, before we run out of time, because uh, there are two clips that I'm trying to get in here before before we're done. Um, the first is uh, from the film Star, and he's talking about the representation. Let's take a listen. Means hope. It represents you know every superhero represents hope 
and and possibility and i think that's what shanxi will represent to to so many kids who you know maybe haven't seen themselves represented or reflected in that way and i remember just watching black panther for the first time in 2018 i mean such an incredible movie one of my favorite films of all time starring the in absolutely incredible Chadwick Boseman um but uh I just just feeling the gravity of that movie and just how incredibly empowering it felt just to watch that um and and wondering and hoping if um you know if if you know our community would get the same thing and and then being you know so pleasantly surprised uh not so long after when when Shang-Chi was announced um there really was a sense that that this was a special moment and and that this meant a lot to the community and um that's you know reflect that was reflective in the care that we took as well in our story and making sure that we got every piece right and and that we accurately reflected what it meant to be asian and asian american and um and we you know this movie is very much a celebration of culture of pride and of belonging so um i i really can't wait for people to see it all right now um i want to ask uh, each of you uh, and and real quick, because I still got one more clip I've tried to play, uh, because uh, Lou mentions the Black Panther, and I have been making these analogies with that particular film uh, all along, because uh, you know, done right, Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings should be for the Asian American community like what Black Panther was for the Black American community, and I'm wondering um, how how effectively did they do that, Tim? What do you think? Well, I said it in my opening, man, that I thought that uh, it, it felt like it was uh, what he said. It had pride in that culture. Um, I didn't see it as the routine pandering that we've seen so much uh, with Asian-American films of, across my lifetime. So I'm not going to say that they hit it absolutely like Black Panther did for, for people of African descent. But I thought it was a really good effort. And I, I at least felt that pride when I was watching the film. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, Joe. What do you think? Was the question is, did I feel represented in? Well, did did this film do as well for Asian Americans as Black Panther did for uh, Black Americans? Um, I think time will tell. I mean, for 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 me personally, I I still didn't feel as much connection, and maybe that's just me and my upbringing. Is uh, you know, there's always that word of like, am I Asian? You know what I mean? Like for me, am I Asian enough? There was a point in my, in my youth where I was like, I don't count as Asian because of this and that. I mean, for me to this day, the only real movies I think represents me in the in the superhero world is either Suicide Squad or Guardians of the Galaxy. Because that was my world of like this mishmash of people with their own journeys, not mm-hmm. not designated to one culture or not. It's just, like, it's just people who happen to get together. That's why, you know, that's why I connected to those. But this one, you know... I hope I hope they represent them well. You know what I mean. <laughs> from, from my perspective, I hope I hope the Asian people love it because, just like anything else, just like if you make a, if you make good barbecue, more people are gonna go want to go buy it. So, if they make these movies, more people and they see people Asian people are watching and all people are watching it. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the only that's the only way you can vote is with your money. So, huh? I got you. All right, and uh, I, I now well, you said Suicide Squad. You mean Suicide Squad or the, the Suicide Squad? The okay, because right, I know Chris got excited because of Starro, but that's a whole other thing. I got excited because of Starro too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you hear that, Chris? <laughs> Somebody else excited because of Starro. All right, hey, look, um, I'm I'm going to try and get this last clip in here, and this is uh, Kevin Feige talking about the future of the MCU. Let's take a listen. As with every Marvel superhero uh, that we bring into the MCU, 
um, all of them are important and integral in the future. And, and their characters are what shape the future of the MCU. And now that uh, and now that people have met and seen the origin of Shang-Chi, it is safe to say that he will have a great influence on the future. It's fun to be at a point now, 25 movies in, uh, six, seven TV series in that we've that we've shot, um, that we're able to really start playing with the full canvas um, that the comics have brought to us. I think the sky's the limit on on the type of characters that we can bring uh, to the screens. Um, what I'm most excited about is the fact that we've finally uh, been able to tell the story of Shang-Chi and that audiences are finally going to be able to meet not just um, Simu's uh, portrayal of Shang-Chi, but the entire cast of characters, all of whom I think are, uh, are fascinating and audiences, I hope, I think, will want to see more of. All right. And uh, on that note... Um I'm afraid we're out of time, <laughs> you know. It's, and I absolutely hate the way that happens because I have some more questions that I would love to ask these guys, and uh, I'm sure that uh, you all would love to hear more about all this um, because I, I think it's just been a really wonderful discussion. So thanks to my panelists, thanks to you too for tuning in. Uh, please uh, check out more of Fantastic Forum. You can find us via the website at fantasticforum.tv. The show is also available as a podcast. Thanks to our friends at the Great Geek Refuge. You can find it on all the platforms where podcasts are available. And, uh, of course, remember to come back next week, same bat time, same bat station. Have a wonderful weekend, everybody. <laughs>